Hey y'all, I'm right back at you. Yes, this is Bo, and welcome to Black History Moments with Bo. And as that old song goes, baby, it's cold outside. Yes, Mother Nature seems to be doing her thing in most of the country. But most of us got sense enough to know that this is the time when we stay in. Fortunately, where I live at, it was almost 70 degrees yesterday. I'm not bragging, I'm trying to tell you a story. That's how this boy from Ohio wound up in Arizona. You see, the art of being wise is knowing who to ignore, what to overlook, where to leave things, and when to move on, and why it's all necessary. And if you should happen to be a new listener in this 2024, we say welcome. Not just welcome from both, but from all our listeners. We hope that you stay around, and we're pretty sure that you will, because that's how our fan base became what it is. People just checking us out, and they're still here, because they like what they hear. It's new. It's mind-refreshing, and it makes us feel proud, and above all else, it's the truth. So buckle up. I'm going to take you on a wild west ride. Now, I know you've heard of the James gang and Billy the Kid and his gang, but I doubt that you've ever heard of the Rufus Buck gang. You see, this gang was a group of outlaws that terrorized the Midwest in the late 1800s. And they were some of the most notorious criminals in American history and the inspiration for numerous books and movies. And you're wondering, how did the Rufus Buck gang Earned their notorious reputation? Well, let's get into that. You see, there's no question indigenous people in the United States were screwed over. And in 1887, President Grover Cleveland and the U.S. government passed the Dawes Act. This law affected tribal lands everywhere and stripped Native Americans of their freedom and culture. You see, the law was designed to assimilate Native Americans into white society, but it did anything but that. You see, that famous Dawes Act resulted in the loss of over 90 million acres of Indian land, forcing many indigenous people into reservations. And through this legislation, the United States government created a rank of second-class citizens. Sometimes, my friend, the land returned to them from the Dawes Act was unfit for farming and a fraction of what they had lost. And it's no wonder that some Native Americans turned to a life of crime. They had lost their land, freedom, 
and a way of life. And so in 1890, a group of Native American criminals came together to form the Rufus Buck Gang. The Rufus Buck Gang comprised mainly of Cherokee and Creek people that were affected by this act. The gang was born out of the indigenous people's hate and fury of the colonials who robbed them of their lands. The Rufus Buck Gang was a group of African-American, mixed-race, black and Indian, and Native American outlaws who operated in the Indian Territory, also known now as Oklahoma. The gang only had five members, Rufus Buck, Louis Davis, Sam Sampson, Maomi July, and Lucky Davis. Rufus Buck was the leader of the gang and was considered quite dangerous. Now, it's important that we remember and mention that the gang was made up of teenage boys and young men who had grown up during a time of great turmoil for the indigenous population of the United States. Their families raised them, knowing how they had lost the sacred lands. This led to anger and resentment towards the government and white people in general. The loss of their culture angered Rufus Buck and his gang and created harsh vigilantes with a goal in mind. While Native Americans were being forced off the land and losing their way of life, Rufus Buck formed his gang. They took advantage of the region's social political mess by preying on whites and Native Americans. You see, in the late 19th century, the Indian territories were swamped with more white settlers than Native Americans and black freemen. They gave it and they took it away. And black freemen, Rufus Buck and his gang wanted revenge for losing his people's homeland. They would come to utilize the harsh brutality and violence their people endured throughout history. So during Rufus Buck Gang's short spree, they were responsible for many crimes, including murder, robbery, and rape. One of their first crimes was when they robbed a Fort Smith grocery store in Arkansas. The U.S. Deputy Marshal John Garrett was the first on the scene and was quickly shot by the gang. The following day, they came across a white man and his daughter in a wagon. They held him at gunpoint and kidnapped and raped his daughter. She later succumbed to her injuries. But this crazy shit did not stop there. The gang robbed many more stores and ranches for the next two weeks. Determined to encourage indigenous people to rise and overthrow their oppressors, the Rufus Buck Gang continued their rampage. They continued their crazy robberies by abusing and stealing from Ben Callahan, but gave him a chance to escape if he could run. They also killed another man named Gus Chambers, who resisted their efforts to steal his horses. Yet his efforts were in vain as the Rufus Buck gang continued their crime spree. Now, if all that crap wasn't enough, there's more. The gang employed violence regularly and raped Rosetta Hansen while holding her husband at gunpoint. On August the 10th, 1895, 
U.S. Marshals and the Creek Lighthouse police members finally caught up to the notorious Rufus Buck gang. A gunfight that lasted nearly a day occurred between the two opposing sides. Once the gang realized they were over their heads, they surrendered. All of the Rufus Buck gang members were arrested and taken into custody. After all the terror they had inflicted, you would think they would earn a death sentence. So it made sense when many citizens of all backgrounds called for them to be lynched. The Rufus Buck gang's mission was to rally support from indigenous people, African Americans, and mixed races. Unfortunately, this did not happen. Instead, most speculated that a quick case was just a formality. Judge Isaac Parker, also known as the Hanging Judge, dealt with the gang's court case and on July the 1st, 1896, the Rufus Buck gang was executed in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Now, the Rufus Buck gang's story is a tragedy, rage, and consequences. It's hard to imagine growing up during a time when your family or friends were persecuted for the color of their skin. However, the Rufus Buck gang story reminds us that violence is never the answer. What they did was inexcusable, and no one should ever have to grow through what their victims went through. We can only hope that their story will warn future generations and help create a more just and peaceful world. Although their crime spree was short-lived, history will never forget the terror they inflicted. Unfortunately, the Rufus Buck gang members met a faith that many thought was too good for them. You see, my friends, violence never works. We've been trying that for years, for decades, for centuries. Like I have told you before, the only thing that works for us is to cut off the head of the snake, like they did in the Montgomery boycott. Once you stop their money, they will listen to what you have to say, because their money is the bottom line. There's a lot to be said by the statement, money is the root of all evil. It's telling us right there that if you cut the money off, the evilness will stop. My friends, poverty exists not because we cannot feed the poor, but because we cannot satisfy the rich. And the more they have, the more they want. That, my friends, is the story of the Rufus Buck Gang. And we wonder why it's not in our history books. The reason that it's not in our history books, because it would have to tell what created the Rufus Buck Gang. Did they just sit around one day and say, let's create a gang and go out and terrorize the country? No, the gang was created because of what the government did to the people and their land. And until you change your thinking, you will always recycle your experiences. And that's what's happening to us today as I speak systematically. They have a noose around our necks already. The prisons are filling up. They want to stop teaching our history the little that they do teach. 
They want to take away our voting rights. So my friends, we are recycling our experiences. But here's the thing. No one is going to give you the education you need to overthrow them. Nobody is going to teach you your true history, teach you your true heroes, if they know that that knowledge will help set you free. And at this point in time, you have to know what being set free means. Well, my friends, we all know what that music means. It means that it's time for Bo to shut this microphone down. But before I go, you know I have a message for you. And that message is this. Powerful people cannot afford to educate the people they oppress. Because once you are educated, you will not ask for power. You will take it. My friends, have a great day. And until next time, it has been my honor. Peace to my ancestors and my elders. I walk in your strength, legacy, and power today and every day.